It's like a manifestation, right? So mm. whatever you can think, you can do for sure, you know? So maybe your mind can already do it. Your body cannot yet. Yeah. But then you practice the physical body to be able to do it. But first you have to believe it. If yeah. you believe it, then you can do it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is a lot of dancers don't believe themselves. Hey, the Steezy Podcast is brought to you by us, Steezy Studio, the number one dance app on the App Store and Google Play Store with over 1 million downloads. We provide curated online dance classes is taught by the world's best instructors. Why did we create Steezy? To help you reach your dance goals one step at a time. Whether that goal is to perform with the biggest and best musical artists in the world or just be the life of the party at your cousin's wedding. I'm your host, Clay Boonsnocket. Let's get to it. When you're on planes, do you like... Oh, the pillows. How do you... Are we rolling ready? Mm-hmm. Cool. How, <laughs> how, do you, how do you sleep on planes? Uh, well, I used to... I mean, I used to travel so much. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just got used to it, and I would sleep through all the flights. You are, know, and are you just back? And, and then, so I, I used to have this, this very special position. Okay. So what I do is, <laughs> <laughs> you have the, you have the seat in front of you, yeah. right? And I have a, I have an extra pillow that I bring that I put behind my back, yes. and then I slide down like this, and I put my knees on the seat in front oh, of me, so and I have like... the neck pillow, and so I'm kind of like <gasps> laying down. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of that yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, tall people cannot do it. Yeah. Um... Uh, I think I think people my height can do it. Yeah. But you need to have that extra pillow behind your back, otherwise you will mess up your back. No, lot, yeah. Because you know? I always give people my hack, yeah. which is like like the worst thing about the chairs is that they kind of like curl in a little bit and so you're always at this weird uncomfortable position so i would have the pillow i'm given and the blankets or if i don't have that i always have a really thick hoodie Uh and i use that and i create a a diagonal lounge chair out of it so i can do that that's the best feeling i mean like the design like whoever came (laughs) with the design of chair like needs these hands because literally like there's no way that a chair would be like this. Yeah. Even in cars, like in airplanes, anywhere. Like, like you are like this. Like I hate what, it. What the heck is that? It's you wrong. Know? So you need something behind the back right here to be, you know. Yeah. The lumbar support. Yes. That's the way. 100%. <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> this is <Yes>. Yaya. <laughs> Vankova. <laughs> so it'll give a little introduction, yes. right? So Yaya. Yaya has been a part of many different productions and shows, battles, events, right? Puts on Highlight the Style, um, the director of RUR Alliance. I am me, right? Those are ABDC, America's Best Dance Crew right there. We had Step Up, even, right? We had a movie, Cirque du Soleil vibes, Nike, Puma, Kevin Hart, randomly Kevin Hart somewhere. It's so random, right? Um, Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, even Out of Bounds. What is that? Tizians, too. (laughs) You you did some deep research. You you read my whole bio on my website. (laughs) It goes deep, but uh, welcome, Yaya. Thank you. Thank you. The podcast. Thank you for having me. So we like to start with a nice little light question. Okay. Not always the same. It's different person to person. So you are from Chechia, right? Or Czech Republic? Czech Republic. Czechia, yes. Czechia. Mm -hmm. Czechia. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. And so I was wondering... What does America do better than the Czech Republic? And what does the Czech Republic do better than America? It's so funny. The first thing that popped up in my head when America does better than Czech Republic is to make money. You know? <gasps> oh, to make money. Actually, that's a good, that's a good one. Okay. Yes, yeah, okay. 100%. I mean, like, it's so crazy, but, like, the uh, the 
business here in America is so different than in Europe, mm. in, in any other European country. It's just the, the, there, there's opportunity literally for anything over here. Yeah. Mm. And then the rest of the world just follows, you know. But really? You I really feel that way? As a well-traveled person, yeah, you feel that way? Yeah, yeah, I really feel okay. that That's why everybody wants to come here. Mm. You know, like anytime you have like a... Um, I don't know, for example, incredible student at a college that is just like exceeding, like yeah. they will come to America to study, mm. you know, like it's inevitable. They will come here. What yeah. a blessing. Yeah. It's really crazy. Czech Republic though. I mean, what does have Czech Republic over America? <laughs> there's, <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff I'm trying to find like the most general one, but I personally just really love the nature out there. Nature. Um, it's just really green, like really, really, it's, it gets, it, I mean, there's really beautiful nature parts in America, of course, as well, too, that I didn't even discover yet, you know, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I really love it out there. And of course I, I still do enjoy like the Czech personality because that's what I grew up with, you know? What is the Czech personality? <laughs> it's funny, but I think for American people, it comes a little bit too direct, too like honest. Too Isn't that like Danish food? people? That's like a thing. Being really direct and blunt. Very direct and blunt. Just like not going around, you know, just mm -hmm. saying exactly what you want, uh, stating exactly what you want. And for American people, it's almost like rude. You know? Yeah. But I guess depending on from which perspective you, you look at it. Hmm. You know? um, and that's also like the part that I was struggling the most here in America to like be more polite, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. It's like, especially because you moved here. I remember reading that the hardest part about moving here was not only nobody speaking your language, but also just adapting to a culture yeah. and then having to do with visas and all that yeah, stuff. But yeah. like, I, so I guess that's a really interesting yeah. aspect. It's yeah. like, it was like everything you ever believed in and, and grew up in suddenly doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it completely strips you off of identity and uh -huh. suddenly you like, you have to adapt and become somebody else in mm. order to, like, have a good life. Mm. So for me, like, if somebody asked me, like, what would be the one thing to, like, do in life? I would be like, just move to a different country for a while. Yeah. And it will completely show you, like, ooh. It's not... Travel is different. When you go somewhere to visit for two, three weeks, one month, it's very different. Sure. But when you are forced to move somewhere with different language and you have to learn all of that like all over it's like the fo the foundation that your personality knows is taking away mm. you're th really thrown into like a a forced adaptation and yeah. that shows you I th do you think that shows you more of who you are or shows you something else yes because since that forces you to strip everything you believe suddenly you you are going to start to adapt to the new environment, but suddenly you are going to find out what you want and what you don't want. Mm. And what was the things that have been conditioned into you because of the culture that you grew up in, you know? Yeah. So suddenly, like, it, it yeah, it really shows you, like, like, who you want to be, not not who you were conditioned to be because mm. of the culture environment you are growing up in. Yeah. Conditioned. That's yeah. a good way to put it. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Very, because very true. If you were the same clay growing up in India, you yeah. would be a completely different person. Even if you were if you were born to the same exact parents, you would still be a completely different person. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. What is 
to make light of the situation, what is one of the funny or embarrassing moments from you adapting to American culture, language, and such? Funny or embarrassing moments? Oh, I feel like uh, so many. <laughs> yeah. Anything cringe? Okay, okay there, there was there was one that like the IME guys like Philip, Emilio, and Brandon Moon. They always bring this up. Oh, okay. It's 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 really funny. Um, so we are in Houston because first I I moved into Houston for three months. That's where we were uh, practicing for America's Business Group, mm -hmm. and I pretty much like at the time I wasn't traveling much yet, so. Outside of Czech Republic, weather, I don't know how the weather is everywhere else. Oh, okay, right? okay, yeah. Um, and I come to Houston and it's no snow anywhere. Because for me, it's only freezing when there is snow. I don't <laughs> know like freezing weather without snow. I don't sure. know that, right? And uh, we are in Houston and one night it's kind of raining. And um, and then the guys are wanting to go to the store and... Um, And they're like, oh, but it's kind of cold. You know, it's probably going to be freezing. And I was like, no, it's okay. You know, it's raining. For me, like when it's raining, it doesn't mean that it's freezing. It's possible, impossible because it's raining, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and we we sit in the car and I'm like, no, it's it's okay, guys. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go to the store, right? And the guys look at the look at the window and they're like, oh, it looks like it's uh it's ice, you know? No, I, it's okay. It's just water, you know? And they they run the wheelchair wipers and the car is completely frozen. Like oh, there is so man. much ice on it. And I and they're like, okay, see, how I <laughs> see. And I was like, maybe it's ice. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, so just it was just so confusing because the Houston weather is just. It's like either extremely hot or raining and freezing. And it was just so unknown for me, something yeah. like that, you know. So that was the first time when I was like, dang, like weather is like very different in different places. And it was just such a funny moment that in in, in that particular time that the guys always bring it up. Like maybe it's, it's ice. ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Jesse, you know, Jesse co-hosts mm -hmm. easy, right? She... Um, She went to New York before and she didn't bring a single jacket during winter. <laughs> oh, I was like, wow, you're truly from San Diego. Like she truly like, like yeah, no, she was just yeah. totally fine with it. And then That's she funny. had to go buy all yeah. of her clothes when she was there. That's really funny. So yeah, yeah, a large portion of Steezy members or, you know, people who engage in any sort of dance content are international dancers. Mm -hmm. They were not from the US, mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of those places have very little learning opportunities mm -hmm. for dance knowledge of any sort. So you grew up in Česka Kaminice? Yes. Okay. Česka Kaminice. Um, and that is in Czech Republic. And you mentioned that dance knowledge is really sparse there. It's a small town, oh, right? It is no dance knowledge. <laughs> no dance yes. knowledge. Yeah. And so I'm curious, how did you begin your journey of seeking deeper and richer dance knowledge Was it when you moved to Prague? Was it in Jessica Kamenice? So it was really interesting. So long story short, uh, my sister is not a dancer, but she used to do like school performances. Okay. And I always had this like really true deep passion for like the movement and dance and the rhythm with the music. And I loved watching my sister dance, mm. right? And I would go to her, her, her rehearsals and I would watch her for hours. I would just sit there and watch her. And I was like... I think six or seven years old at a time. Oh, really young. Okay. And my my cousin also, she was doing uh, ballroom dancing as well too. And I love to go to her competitions and just oh. watch her 
uh, dance um, at her competitions, the, in the ballroom stuff. I never personally uh, did like ballroom only on like a surface level. I did, I took a couple classes, you know, but other than that, I wasn't really doing that. But there was always like this beauty in it for me mm. and the connection with the music. And I was also a kid that was visualizing a lot. And even though th that I wasn't dancing, I was visualizing myself dancing all the time. Oh. And uh, that was like visualization was a huge part of my childhood. I wasn't, I was a very quiet kid and introverted, but I like in my head, I was living there, like, mm. like performing and like training and stuff wow. like that already. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, well, after I, I started to go into this very small dance group, Tizians, in Česká Kamenice, mm -hmm. which was only like 15 girls at a time. Oh. Three years later, I moved to the capital city, Prague, and that's when I started to take dance more seriously. Mm. But really, I think the tipping point for me was um, I was 13 at a time, and we found a flyer online. And you like... This was funny because there was no like YouTube or Instagram yeah. or Facebook or anything like that. But we randomly found a flyer on one website that said that there is this battle dancer of the year happening in Prague. Oh. And I was like, oh, I want to go. Like, I want to see it. Right. So me and a couple of my friends, we went to see it at night. And that was the first time I saw like a real battle. It was like a freestyle, like open style, all style battle at the time. And it was the first time I saw like real dancing, and I was like, "That is what I want to do." You, know? you decided, yeah, in that decided. Moment. Wow, you know, that's what I want to do. And since then, like, I was entering that, like, every year I was entering that competition until mm. I won it. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take for you to win it? Uh, three times. Nice. Yeah, I entered three times. Then that's on the good. Third time, I won it. Yeah. So that was the tipping point where I was like, "Yeah." That's what I want to know. And since then, like, oh. I just started to research more, you know. And yeah. I found, like, the dance websites that existed back then. And on those dance websites, um, there was, like, different, you know, videos. At that time, it was so small, you know. Like, yeah. it was, like, every month we got, like, two videos that got viral. We were just watching those two videos a whole month, you yeah. know. That's it. And so, yeah, I would just, you know, try to research more and slowly i was getting into like knowledge of like um where are the guests coming to give workshops so i would always make a trip to prague to go there and yeah once i moved there like it was over like prague just... did have a lot of like a reasonable amount of opportunities to learn yeah so prague did have now a, a lot of dance crews and more knowledge, more teachers. We also had international guests coming. Mm -hmm. And also at that time, um, this this was really interesting, but, you know, uh, at that time, there was the first camp that ever existed was Street Dance Camp. And that one comes from the Czech Republic. Oh. That was the first camp that ever existed. Wow, I didn't know that. Many years ago, yeah. And this camp was huge. It was like, it was like five, six, seven thousand people. And uh, at that time, it was it was like people from all over the world. Wow. And it was always happening the first week of July, I believe. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that that was kind of like our fuel for the whole year. Like we would go there and just... Get your fill. Exactly. Like train <laughs> all day and session all night. No, no sleep the whole week. <laughs> and then just die after that. But then like we were like, we were like taking in the knowledge the whole year until the next street dance camp, you know? So wow. 
uh, yeah, there was like, you can still find a lot of like uh, battles on YouTube. Like, check it out because that event was so fire. Wow. Then more more camps started to pop up, so the dancers started to spread out. Yeah. You know, so unfortunately, then like it wasn't. It's not. It still exists, but it's not as big anymore mm-hmm. because there is so many events now. Yeah, yeah. it's very true. It's yeah. very true. What I, I was actually really intrigued with that whole imagination side like mm-hmm. you picturing yourself mm-hmm. yeah i'm curious you said your cousin was it renata lenka so you you have a lot of knowledge <laughs> oh, i'm impressed i'm really impressed so lenka uh she i got her into dance but this was another cousin oh. her name was also yana like oh. me uh that was doing the latin ballroom um but yeah lenka was the, my cousin that i was dancing with a lot. Like, okay. we we were, like, dance partners for many years. Then she stopped dancing. Wait, there's a lot of Yanas yeah. in your family. There's a lot of Yanas, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's very common name in Czech Republic. Oh, because yeah. I was, like, uh, Carlo Durang. Yeah. Like, his his name is Louis uh-huh. Carlo. Uh-huh. But it turns out, like, every one of his family members is Louis something, Louis <laughs> yeah, something. That's so Yeah. Um, so, when you were imagining mm-hmm. that, were you in their shoes, their outfit? Were you, is it a fantasy world? It's a, uh, it's me, mm-hmm. not in their shoes. It's me, like performing those dances, or me mm. being at the competition and competing, or me battling, or me like standing on the stage in the theater, like. Mm. And and it's really crazy. I was always imagining like, even what kind of like clothes I had on, the environment, what kind of people were in the audience like what was the people's reaction like even like the choreography like exactly the steps i was imagining everything yeah wow i thought that was so interesting because i feel like it really plays into who you are or who you choose to be as a character in different Mm -hmm. ways that you dance because you've adapted yourself into so many different types of characters Mm -hmm. so intensely Mm -hmm. and i think that says a lot about Mm -hmm. your foundation of who (laughs) you are i think that's exciting and really cool to know Thank you. Yeah, I I think I believe like I even looked up like recently a couple of studies where where they were they literally had like a basketball team for six weeks that was training only physically. And then they had a basketball team uh, for six weeks that was only training mentally and visualization. And the basketball team that was training the visualization had a little bit slightly better results than the basketball team that was training physically. Yeah. And uh, so I believe visualization is a huge part of like arts or sports in mm. general, you know, because ev- in, in reality, everything is mental, you know, like mm-hmm. how we feel, like how we perceive our environment, like how we communicate, like how we dance, everything, everything's mental. So it is a huge part of my training and you can do it anytime. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to sweat from 5 to 6 p.m. today and yeah. dance, you know. It's, it's true, like it's that. true. <laughs> yeah. Very mental. It's crazy because I feel like so much of that is connected beyond what we understand about our own bodies mm-hmm. and capabilities. Like you said, athletes, artists, if we visualize it, I feel like that has a huge impact on what we believe we can mm-hmm. do yeah. and what is possible. Yeah. Absolutely. There's just yeah. so much about the brain up here that we just don't know yeah. yet. So I, I'm always fascinated yeah. by that. There's, they're always connected. Yeah. It's like a manifestation, right? So mm. whatever you can think, you can do for sure, you know? So maybe your mind can already do it. Your body cannot yet. Yeah. But then you practice the physical body to be able to do it. But first you have to believe it. If yeah. you believe it, then you can do it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is a lot of dancers don't believe themselves. Yeah. Or they don't have the confidence to 
I think like the, maybe a practical approach to that though is I think when people say like if you believe it mm-hmm. you're gonna achieve it. I always say if yeah. you believe it you're gonna achieve it. Yeah. But yeah. the the thing about that is it treats believing like a very grand full plan. Mm. I think and I and a lot of times people who are more used to practically approaching mm-hmm. the beliefs that they have. Um, actually understand that it doesn't happen in one big stride. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it happens little by little. Mm-hmm. But people who see it as a big picture mm-hmm. very often have a hard time because they get discouraged when they didn't hit that crazy goal. Like, mm-hmm. I want to dance with this person who is my mm-hmm. absolute favorite dancer, and they just started. Mm-hmm. That's very impractical from mm-hmm. the start. Yep. But if you actually learn how to treat little things along the way as wins, yeah. like I attended the battle that I first even was introduced to dance. And I went back another year. Those are big wins. And I met a dancer who's actually friends with that person. Mm. Oh my gosh, all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. I've achieved a certain goal, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's practically breaking it apart. Uh, Being happy with those short-term goals is really nice. 100%. Yeah, you need to be grateful for for everything that happens along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So that sort of manifestation that is sort of built into your core personality now, as I, as I believe, um, how does that translate into learning so many different styles? Because, I mean, you've learned dance forms like, you know, locking, crump, house, robot. And I'm curious, which of those forms was most natural to you and which was very opposite? And how did you end up learning those things? So... I always say that like when people ask me like what is my favorite style or what I specialize in it's actually not a style but it's just a technique and is the body control technique and I believe that every because even if you do this with your arm or even if you do this or if you do this you are still controlling your muscles to do something yeah and depending on how you control your muscles and how you do it is how you can switch in between these styles so it's all about how you do it and the posture that to create the feeling of the style Mm. right and so i believe that even generally everything that you do in life how you cook how you communicate how you uh, wake up in the morning and stuff like that all of these things translate into your dance and it translates to one another right so I can see with myself for example that like I am really detailed, for example, when I'm cleaning. I'm Mm. very detailed when I'm cleaning. Or when I'm cooking, I would be also very, like, specific and detailed, but I would still create a certain freedom. And let's say, for example, if I cook by a recipe, I always change something to make it my my Mm -hmm. own. Um, And I don't go exactly by it. I kind of just, like, get the inspiration and, and I change that. And... All of these things are exactly how I'm with dance as well too, right? So when, I, when I'm when i perceiving a new style, I see the details. Mm-hmm. I see what kind of body control is used in it. I see the posture, the character. But I also am not trying to copy exactly what I'm seeing, but take, kind of get inspired by the flavor, um, you know, put the body control technique in it, but then still make it my own, you know? Yeah. And so... This is how dancers can 
um, easily perceive of like what is their strength in their dance, you mm -hmm. know, just seeing like how they are in normal life and then take that for advantage and using it in dance. And it can be sometimes, sometimes people tell me like, oh, but I'm just too lazy or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> just express your laziness in dance, you know, Ooh. and you can turn it into your superpower. And, and, uh, and it could be, you know, like just, make it like a lazy hip-hop dead style or something like that you know use the concept in it it is so yeah. nice to hear you say that because yeah. i'm very similar <laughs> one of the things that i was when i started dancing i was very overweight mm -hmm. right and very unconfident mm -hmm. and so i like dancing but i didn't like doing it too big mm -hmm. because i was like First of all, I have asthma, right? Like, mm -hmm. like most people who mm -hmm. who have done popping or any sort of adjacent styles mm -hmm. that require the similar body control, we've all tried breaking before. Mm -hmm. We've all tried to, <laughs> and every stab felt like I was getting stabbed. Like I'm like, ah, it hurts. So too big, too much energy. Mm -hmm. So I would end up like to myself practicing moves that mm -hmm. were very like inside, mm -hmm. and that's how I got like. Like dimple moves. Mm. And that's how I got a toe wave. I would do it in my shoes all the time. <laughs> right. And I would like come up with these like, and they weren't meant to be silly. Uh -huh. They were just me yeah. to myself being kind of lazy, yeah. being overweight. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow that integrated into my style. See, that's just so awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's so awesome. And that's, that's what it is about, you know, just turning that into your strength, you know. But since you were talking about breaking, that would probably be the style that is the hardest for me because I've tried it, can't do it. It's just like hmm. me and the floor are, are not really friends uh, yeah. for some reasons. I'm not sure. Like I even like I even went to a whole like movement camp uh, in Thailand that is has nothing to do with dance. Oh, um, it, it was uh, it's led by Ido Portal. He's a movement coach. Okay. And mainly what we did there was just floor work or all, all week, just all week. That's what we did there. And uh, I still don't have a good relationship with the floor. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, no, but it's it's also very nice to hear that because, you know, so many people respect and see you as a dancer that can do it all, mm -hmm. right? And I believe, you know, you could do mm -hmm. it, but it's challenging to do everything yes. at once. And yes. I, similar to me, the floor and I... Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Philip is the floor. The floor. He is he the floor. Is the floor yeah. He is meshed yes. in there. He's just. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. He always called me a pancake when I was on the floor. A pancake. Because I couldn't like I couldn't even just like smoothly roll myself. It was just like clunky. What? <laughs> okay, that's that's a little floor challenge. Then that's a little. <laughs> yeah. Pancake. Love that. Uh. So you have taught dance at a lot of different places how many countries have you taught at so in person i have taught over 80 countries <laughs> online currently over 140 countries yeah oh man Wait, so that's 80 in person yeah 140 on online yeah wow yeah. okay which is pretty awesome i mean like i cannot <laughs> believe somebody is streaming my body control class somewhere in yemen you know yeah, yeah it's really crazy that's how we felt when we were starting steezy so we we're just like man. oh my gosh there's yeah. people all over the world that are doing yeah. this is crazy yeah which country has surprised you the most in terms of dance abilities or craving for dance knowledge india India. 100%. Yeah. That makes sense. To me. I mean, you know, like the talent out there is crazy. Yeah. The hard work 
I, I feel like nobody in the world is more hardworking than Indian people. Why is that? Why do you think? I have a couple of students from India. Yeah. And I mean, I love all of my students, but nobody is close to them with the hard work. Yeah. Like they are so precise, detailed, hardworking. Like one of my, <laughs> I, I, I do these study guides for my students. Mm-hmm. And one of my students turned his study guide into an uh, 77 research page, page 77 page research. It was like a whole book that he wrote. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> okay. and I, was, I was like, I was like, first of all, I'm really impressed by it. But I gave him a limit. So it was like 10 pages max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I believe that the the hard work and talent out there is insane on another level. They just don't have the financial resources to expand international. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And even when I was I was there three times, and every time I would go there, I just see like crazy stuff I've never seen anywhere else. Yeah. Man, it's really weird. crazy. I love that yeah. India. India. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. That's good. And That's nobody good. knows. Nobody knows about it too. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is a ridiculous section that we'll have here. So if non-dancers do or say these things, how would you respond in a respectful way mm-hmm. in around one sentence? You ready? Uh-huh. What kind of dance do you do? You know, it's uh, it's it's like the under the umbrella of street dance. Mm. You know, that's like hip hop, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of like. Oh, okay, that, okay, you know? okay. Yeah, yeah. You're so lucky you've got talent. <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> How do you make money? You know, I just. Teach the robot. This is how I make money, you know? Oh, I want to learn the robot. That's cool. Teach the robot. Got it. Log. Okay. You know, I used to dance when I was four. (laughs) Just a finger gun. (laughs) No answer. (laughs) That's that's what I really do. (laughs) Can you do the splits? Actually, actually, the first Soyu thing I auditioned, I I didn't make it because I couldn't do the splits. Oh. You must not be very good then. <laughs> <laughs> Can you show me a dance move? I'm too shy. Oh, yeah. darn. Okay. <laughs> can you teach me how to twerk? I I can point you to somebody who can teach you that. Oh. You know? yeah, I can point you that. Mm, very good. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, thank you. Yes, for the role play. And scene. Yeah. And scene. Yeah. But really, most, mostly the answer I give is just like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, what's, you know what's funny though like even in the last part like can you teach me how to twerk the way you answer is the way that a lot of people should be answering mm-hmm. a lot of things mm-hmm. when people ask dance mm-hmm. questions right mm-hmm. it's like oh i want to i want to learn hip-hop can you teach me hip-hop it's like i'm not actually a hip-hop dancer yes, yes. but i can point yes. you to someone yeah. and they they do yeah. an amazing job at teaching yeah. so good job good job <laughs> so you and Slim Boogie. Mm-hmm. Slim Boogie is now your husband, mm-hmm. right? Or been your husband. Do you call him Slim at home? No, we just call each other babes, babes. or babas. We say babas, you know why? Because why uh, Siri on on the iPhone <laughs> nice. uh, says babas me love when he when he calls me. She's oh. babas me love is calling. And oh. then, so we say babas, yeah. My um my dad 
or my, my, well, my, yeah, my dad's name is Ted, but my last name is Boone to knock it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I remember there was, you remember phones always had this caller ID and it would say it. Mm-hmm. So I remember we were at our friend's house and it said, call from Boone to knock it, Teed. So you said boom to knock it correctly. You didn't say Ted. <laughs> that is so funny. So that's so funny. You you and Slim. I I want to know a little bit about the story, mm-hmm. right? How did you sort of fall in love, or how did you meet? <clears throat> so we met back in uh, 2011. 11. Okay. Uh, but in 2012, I was actually learning from him. You were learning. Uh, yes, I was learning from him. Did you I was ask him to to teach you or? Yes, so um, I was at that time uh, learning from J-Rock. Okay. And then I uh, wanted more of a musical timing and animation aspects of the dance. And I thought that Slim Babis. Babis. Babis Babis Armstrong, yes. Babis Armstrong. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought that Slim was just, you know, he's just so unique. And that's what I am always um, just attracted in dancers when when they have their own unique way of expressing uh, a certain style. And so uh, I asked him, and um, he was teaching me here in downtown, actually, when he still lived here in downtown. Mm-hmm. And um, he taught me for like two or three months. The knowledge was just so overwhelming from him because it was just so much knowledge. It was so great. And I just needed like so much time to even like absorb it. Um, and then... So you married him? <laughs> <laughs> so I married him 10 years later. That's how you get the most forward like, thinking. <laughs> 10 years later, I uh, did, I kind of realized that the knowledge is absorbed. So now it was time to get married. Yes. You know? <laughs> now, the, the story is that there was always some kind of attraction in between us, mm. uh, but he was always in a relationship and I was always in a relationship. Mm. Um, and then one day, 2019, I was going to Paris to Just Debout and it was, which was crazy. I almost didn't go. And then like three days before that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to buy the flight. Just to clarify, Just Debout is what? Just Debout is the biggest street dance battle in the world okay. like thirty thousand people in the audience mm-hmm. and um it's been around for so many years mm-hmm. it's so crazy dope um and i i went to france and he was judging the event okay and uh and i went there and actually my my friend that i was entering the battle with he picked me up from the airport and we were going to just the school to buy the tickets for the event yes. and when i got out of the, of the car slim was the first person that i saw oh. and i was like Oh shit! Like hey, <laughs> 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 no, no, but um, but it was really interesting because we really connected after so long. Mm. Uh, we really connected on a deeper level, and we started to date. I think a month later, um, you know, COVID happened. Yeah, you know, you know COVID. He's single. I'm single. Uh-huh. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. And we are married. <laughs> and have a daughter. And have a daughter. Maya. Yes. Oh, okay. Very cool. I, so so the, the moral of the story is date your teacher <laughs> and absorb their knowledge. Yeah, I've always been curious about like the little bit of that nitty gritty. So I'm, I'm glad I, yeah. I fully know the picture. Yeah. You know what's funny is that Slim said that this building... He used to teach here. 
this literal place. That's crazy. And I was confused when we moved into the space because on Google Maps, it said Slim Boogie's popping classes. <gasps> I was here before. It was this built. It was a warehouse of some That's sort. That's crazy. It was this, right? Well, I don't remember exactly if it was this, but I remember going to his classes. Yeah. B- besides... Besides the private classes we were doing, I was I remember going to his popping classes as well too, and it was a kind of like a warehouse thing, and it was in downtown. Yeah, because you know he lived he lived on Eighth Eighth Street, yeah. and then yeah, this is also on Eighth Street, straight down the road. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a weird thing before because I was wow. like, why is his thing here? This is our class. <laughs> like, why is he? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. By the way. Uh, I know it's kind of late, but congratulations on getting your citizenship last year, oh, right? Thank you. I'm sure that was oh crazy. Gosh, yeah. I know that you have a a deep, deep hatred for visas and green oh, cars yes. in the process. Oh, yeah. I'm curious, what is some advice you'd give to international dancers who'd like to establish an American dance career or at least come here and work <sighs> in some way? Save a lot of money. <laughs> Save money. Save money, yeah. Um, I mean... I'm grateful for the process that I had, um, and it taught me a lot along the way. But definitely, if if I actually had money and didn't have to worry about it in the process, uh, then uh, yeah, it would be much easier because just the work visas, green card, and the citizenship is over fifty thousand dollars. <gasps> so all of like everything that I was. My income was just always saving for that, saving for that. Saving you came here when you were 18, yeah. right, to America? Huh? You came here when you were 18? Yes, I came here when I was 18. Yeah, yeah. like who has yeah. money when they're 18? No, uh, I, I came here with $500 in my pocket, you know, and I lived in Philip's house. And uh, and I'm grateful for his parents for supporting me, you know, uh, in the beginning. And then thankfully we won the ABDC. So then we were able to make money with Dance with IME mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Um, and that's what kind of kept me going. So it was just, it was, it's just really difficult because on top of the stress that you have from like, you know, you can only as an artist or on one one work visa, you can only work with dance. I couldn't go to Starbucks and work at Starbucks. I could could only make money with dance. (laughs) I cannot even do like acting. I cannot do... Um, I cannot clean somebody's house or anything like that. I cannot wow. do it. Yeah. So I, I had to I make that. that money only with dance. That's why when like sometimes I, I would take all kinds of jobs that I could, you know, and sometimes when people, especially from the underground scene, but I have so much respect, but sometimes when people, you know, from the underground scene and telling me that I'm going commercial and stuff like that, like, I mean, of course, yes. like, who has this kind of money? To, yeah, it's a, you sold out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ooh. Like, yeah, who has this kind of money it's in in dance? Like coming from another country to to pay for all of that, you know. So mm. I am really grateful that it's over because now I can actually focus on on other stuff, yeah. you know, and investing my money into different stuff. But before that, it's just and on top of that. When you pay $10,000 for a green card, you don't actually even know if you get it. And then if you don't get it, they keep the money. American immigration system. <laughs> wow. And that goes back to the opportunity we talked to at the beginning yes. in America, oh, you know? That's... I guess my life's pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Wow, that's yeah. really, really intense. Yeah. Did, didn't you say before 
that you you had like a big money thing like you like brought money over from somewhere and you oh, lost yeah. so, money so that was a <laughs> that was a story of, oh my goodness <laughs> yeah i um <clears throat> i actually um borrowed money from my dad yeah and because my dad doesn't have bank accounts um i was bringing him cash from america back from america okay yeah i was flying through russia and i had $9000 in my check-in luggage in between my clothes cash cash yes. and you couldn't like if you opened the luggage you couldn't see it like yeah. it was very well hidden like you couldn't see there's money or anything like that i was flying through russia and then i have seen they do something that i don't normally see at the airports when okay. you actually walk into the airports they they x-ray your big luggage oh and uh when i came to Czech republic my luggage looked normal it didn't look oh, great you didn't broken even know. in i didn't know i didn't know i got home blah blah i talked to my dad on the phone i was like yeah i have the money for you i opened the luggage gone and it wasn't it was neat everything was neat everything was packed the way it was so they knew exactly on the x-ray they saw exactly where it is and they must have just you know pull it out done and i can't do anything about it like i went to the police but even the police was like we and we're like we cannot do anything about it yeah was and this the money you made yes it was money i made okay. and the reason why i didn't have it on me like in in my backpack because it happened to me a couple of times that i would forget my backpack in the bathroom and then i would have to like come back for yeah. it and i didn't want the situation to happen with totally. money in it so that's why i put it in the check-in luggage which is also not a great idea you yeah. know but that's what happened. lesson learned <laughs> wow okay yeah i just remember you mentioned that a long time ago and then i was like what was that yeah. story yeah oh. it's it's crazy like I mean my dad is really sweet and he forgave me the money you know but he brings it up time to time you he know brings it up. you know yeah you're just a lumberjack right yes <laughs> do you have an interest in woodwork as well I mean I love wood and I definitely like see that I have attraction to to wood wooden furniture mm -hmm. and and wooden looking things you know um I don't have attraction to cutting trees down mm. <laughs> I know that about you <laughs> fake plant right there look at that <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so i think that's that's how that's kind of how it translated into me from him being a got lumberjack yeah i got it yeah interesting <laughs> so okay you want america's best dance crew with mm -hmm. i am me mm -hmm. that's crazy season seven six seven i think it was season six yeah season six I, I okay forget <laughs> yeah i'm not sure um i'm curious what is something that nobody knows about your experience on abdc Dang. Um so I think I I talked about it so I think I think no 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 okay I have another story. Oh, oh yeah. this is a really good story. Oh. Okay. I've never talked about this one. Um it's really funny too. So the production wanted to do an interview with my mom. Okay. And they would do the interview over Skype. And I was like, "Oh, my mom doesn't speak English." And they were like, oh, "It's okay. I'm going to be translating." So I was translating Czech to English and stuff like that and they put subtitles. And um And when they when the production was talking to me, they were like, they were like, oh, it's going to be really sweet. Like your mom is probably super emotional, like about you being in America and, and being in this big competition and stuff okay. like that. But in my head, it's like, oh, my mom is not emotional at all. <laughs> like, I mean, she's grateful and all of that, but you know, she's she's just not that kind of person that would be like, oh my gosh, you yeah. know. 
So I told my mom, I was like, yeah, mom, they probably like expect you to be emotional and crying and stuff like that, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay, you know, because usually my mom just cracks jokes all the time. Oh, right? okay, okay. Anyways, we get on the Skype. <laughs> we get on the Skype and my mom is already crying. <laughs> and I'm like, what's happening? But the production is there. So I'm not like saying anything yeah. or asking her. And my and the production was asking my mom a question. And she's, my mom's like, you know, I'm just so proud of my daughter, you know. I'm just so beautifully amazing. She's there, you know. And I'm just there sitting confused the whole time. Then... The the interview ends, we get off the Skype, the production leaves. I call my mom back and, and I was like, mom, what's going on? And my mom is like, oh, I just cut up a lot of onion and had it under the table. No. So it makes me no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's amazing. She pulled yes. up. Yes. She understood the assignment. Yes. Damn, mom, she, I didn't know oh, you were I chill like that. The assignment, yeah. <laughs> It Whoa. was so funny. She was, she was like, yeah, I've been sitting here for like 30 minutes making myself <laughs> cry with the onion. I was like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah. So it's funny because, yeah, she's always cracking jokes and she was cracking jokes even in this situation. Even like, then. Yeah, even then. Wow. Yeah. So That's funny. really funny. Mom pulled up. <laughs> Let's go, mama. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to wind it down a little bit, mm-hmm. but I, I am... So you have a... A group that is multifaceted, mm-hmm. a collective, mm-hmm. right? It's R-U-R. Yes. And so from my understanding, Roboti is Czech for robot, or ro- right? So the word robot actually comes from the Czech Republic, and it comes from the word robota, which, robota. Means, which means like hard work and labor. Usually it's hard work mm-hmm. and labor for somebody, yeah. And then the whole name R-U-R is Rosum's Universal Robot. Yes. Right? Yeah. And the Rosums comes from the word Rosum, which means wisdom. wisdom. And then universal as like everywhere. And then robots is just like hard hard work because it comes from the word robota. It was yeah. a play, right? Like a science fiction play. So at first it was actually a book a written book. in 1920s mm. by a Czech writer. Um, and... Uh, and then they turned it into a play later. And mm. actually, like, all of these robots, cyborg, android, like, Terminator movies are um, inspired by that book. It's a very little book. Like, you can read that book in, in 45 minutes. Mm. Okay. Um, because yeah. it's also written like, as, a, as a theater play. Um, and it's basically the story of it is... Uh, Normal humans created artificial humans, not mm-hmm. necessarily like metal robots. Yeah, like synthetic organic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like like artificial humans that had no emotions and they were doing all of the work for mm-hmm. the humans. And then later on, uh, the artificial humans, they gain emotions and they kill all of the humans and they take over the world. Vibes. 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 Big vibes. That's like uh, iRobot, right? Like iRobot Mm -hmm. is basically that story. Mm -hmm. The Will Smith one must have been completely inspired by Mm -hmm. that. And so I I just love that name itself Mm -hmm. because I think it's so – it's already theatrical Mm -hmm. as a name. But I love how much it relates to you, Mm -hmm. who you are and what you care about. Would you care to expand like how did you land on that? Mm Mm-hmm. So we actually um, have to read this book in school uh, oh. as a um, as a literature for our exams. So that's when I first read this book, um, and okay. then 
many, many years later, I always knew about the book. Uh, and then I actually started to do the style of robot, but I didn't connect it at first. Oh. And then many years later, my close friend Nina, she told me, you should really do something with Rosum's Universal Robots with the name and your style. And I was like, oh, that's right. Like, it's so crazy. So I actually went back, got the book again and I reread it. And it inspired me again. I was like, dang, like I should do something. Mm. Um, and so it actually started all the way, like the inspiration for RUR started all the way in 2005 when I met Henry Link uh, for the first time. He, he came to Česká Kamince. Henry Link, for those who, know, who don't know, he's like one of the biggest pioneers of hip hop dance. Yeah. He came to my small town, Česká Kamice, to teach a workshop. Um, And that was the first time in my life that I saw real hip hop. That Mm. was 2005. And I was just blown away. I was like, wow. And uh, since then, I remember that it was for... He was teaching the workshop as a part of the event of the Dancer of the Year that I talked about earlier. And uh, I remember, first of all, in the Czech Republic is different. Like we go to clubs when we are 13 and 14. So after the event, we went to the club. I was dancing, didn't speak English. But Link came up to me and he grabbed my hands and he started to show me the timing of the music. And that one moment changed my life. Like it was just so incredible. And since then... He has been like low-key mentoring me in this way. And, you know, back then when there was no social media, no like private classes were not really like that, you know, common. Yeah. What you did was when you had a teacher, you kind of like followed the teacher everywhere, you know, like so anytime now Link came to Czech Republic or when I came to New York or when I lived in L.A. and he came to L.A. or when I saw him somewhere around the world, I would always kind of just like follow him like to his meetings or his interviews or his class. And um, or even like I remember one time I just appreciated this moment so much where he was judging a battle and I came up to him 15 minutes before he had to judge and he just like pull out paper and pen and he started to explain me musicality of the songs that was playing oh, you know that's so cool and um these are like these were just like so special moments over the years he's been mentoring me now for what like 17 years um and it's not i have never taken one private class from him it yeah. was always just like me watching him observing him and then him sharing concepts or techniques or musicality with me you know Mm. or him even like giving me some feedback on videos that he would himself decide to give and stuff like that Mm. you know so I always really appreciated this kind of mentorship and I wanted to bring this kind of mentorship in some kind of way in now today's Mm. world as well too and over the years when I traveled I always encountered dancers or artists that just really connected with me or had the same mindset, same values, and they just stayed connected with me over the years. So even when I taught them in a class in 2013, like they still like contacted me like six years later, we still had like conversations or I would give them feedback on videos and stuff like that. Mm. And then I had so many students like that around the whole world. And that's when I realized and decided, I was like, okay, I'm going to bring all of these people into 
and collective community, what I call are your alliance wow. now and just connect everybody. Yeah. And um, it's being a, it's been really awesome because now it's just like a safe place of people from different countries. Uh, we over COVID, it was really awesome because we were actually training on Zoom a lot, like mm. 30 plus hours a month, wow. which was really awesome. And uh, next year, we are organizing the first RUR camp here in LA. Wow. And everybody from RUR will try to come here in LA and meet for the first time. That is so cool. In person, yeah. Oh, that yeah. warms my heart. Yeah. That's going to be crazy. such a cool experience. Yeah. It's it, like, it, I have chills from it when I think about it because it's like all of these people that they are all different styles, yeah, different cultures from different parts of the world, but we are so on like same frequency, you know? Yeah. I want to see it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I, I have one last little thing because you did mention you know, mentors and people that really, you know, you, you, you really care about and that have really influenced you. And so I have this nice little message here for you. So, yeah, yeah. When I saw you battling in Czech Republic all those years ago, and I saw you just crawling around on the stage like a little animal, I was like, this girl is strange. And that's what made you perfect for IME because all of us are a little weird and you're still weird now, but a lot has changed since I saw you all those years ago. You went from a mushroom-picking popper to a robotic crumper. You went from eating rice gao machka and fried cheese blocks to eating a bunch of plants. You used to just nod and smile when people spoke to you in English, and now you're getting interviewed, uh, which is great. I've, uh, I've watched you figure out a way to adapt to new friends, a new country, a new culture, a new job, all that stuff. And now you've created a home in a place that's really far from home. The only thing that hasn't changed is the fact that you still work harder than anyone I know at whatever you're doing. You dance hard, you diet hard, and now you're parenting hard? I don't know, whatever that means. <laughs> Anyways, regardless, I had a feeling when I met you that your story would turn out to be interesting, and you didn't disappoint. So I'm glad I could get a front row seat to your journey. Oh, and Clay, ask Yaya about the time she wanted all the men in IME to beat her with a switch <laughs> to celebrate a Czech holiday. <laughs> was Philip Chabib of I Am Me. And now I need to know why you wanted all the men of I Am Me to beat you with a switch. The emotional roller coaster we just so, went through. So, it's an emotional roller coaster. First of all, I'm crying, but it's really funny. I just have to I'm crying okay. too, actually. That was so sweet. That was... Well, first of all, Clay, you're a really great podcaster. Oh, I mean, thank you. You are really great at this, yeah. Yeah. Um... So, okay, so crazy. I'm so emotional right now. Okay, so first of all, it's it's a stick. It's not a switch. It's not a switch. I, I, don't, I don't know why that makes it better. Today. It's, 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 it makes it even better, right? <laughs> Wait, I kind of want to show... Can I show a picture on a, on a, on a phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, grab okay. your phone. So, on Easter in the Czech Republic, mm. because actually a, a large percentage of Czech Republic is... Uh, Non-religious. Uh, non-religious. 95%. Yeah. Yes. Some people want to argue with me that it's less, but I mean, in my 18 years of living there, I met one religious wow. person there. Okay. One. So that was another like shock when I came to America and, and a lot of people's religious mm -hmm. here. I was like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> 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 you <need to> be <laughs> careful. Yeah. So you were in Houston uh, for a good mm -hmm. bit, right? So oh, yeah. You yeah. South too. Yeah. Houston was like, we started to go to church every Sunday. I was like... Oh. Yeah, because he's from Texas, so... Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, I am from 
so on Easter, uh, this is actually um, something that was created to rebel against religion. Wow, okay. Um, the women get beaten by an Easter stick from the men. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, At first, I was like, "Oh, oh, this, this stick looks like this." That looks painful. It is painful. I mean, depending on uh, like how hard the guy like wants to beat the woman, and usually the guys like they they really enjoy it, so they go hard. So sometimes we like tape we tape pillows to our butts, okay. so it doesn't hurt as much. Um, and and yeah, that's that's our Easter holiday. We get beaten by a stick, and so then every year that every year, like the women want to get beaten by a stick because there's <laughs> there's like a saying that if the woman doesn't get beaten by a stick, she will not have a boyfriend or husband for the next year. Hey, yeah. so don't we, we all we, say that? We, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I think I'd rather be single. That, that's <laughs> you know how the saying goes. <sighs> yeah. So that's. That's that's really funny. Did we just incriminate everyone in that group? We just incriminated the Czech Republic. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> I've been actually made an Easter stick for Slim, and he never wants to beat me with it. Ah, uh, what a bad husband! <laughs> I still have a husband, so yeah. the 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 myth doesn't really work. Yeah, you know? that's true. But... That's true. I guess you found a way through the system. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. Thank you for being on the podcast. Philip, thank you for leaving that message. Thank you, (laughs) Philip. Josh, thank you for filming and setting everything up. And um, we'll see everyone in the next podcast. Thank you, Yaya. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in again. This podcast was brought to you by us, Steezy Studio. Be sure to get your dance on today, too. So if you want to get some exercise in, take a Steezy sweat class. If you want to just vibe out and feel good, you definitely need to check out a good groove along. Or if you're up for the challenge, it's time to finally start one of those advanced classes you've been eyeballing. See you in class. This podcast was produced by Josh Jang and edited by Gene Kim. The theme song is Tempo by Neiman.